Hello, and welcome to the Church on the Hill podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to join us live this Sunday at 500 Sands Drive in San Jose, California. Visit churchonthehill.com for service times and directions, and also to learn more about connecting, growing, and serving at Church on the Hill. Now let's join lead pastor Scott Simarok as he teaches at Church on the Hill. Uh, I want you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. We kicked off a brand new series last week called Life Giving Habits. And uh, if you look at the screen, I started with this illustration right here to kind of like bring the whole series together, right? I mean, it's about this. Over here on the right, it's this new life in Christ. And it's this calling and this where we become spiritually mature, more like Christ, right? And our, and our character develops, And last week we looked at Samson and how his character didn't match his calling. And it's messed up when your character doesn't match your calling because you're not going to become the person that God has created you to be. And one of the things is the obstacles that stand in our way, right? Fear, anger, anxiety, and despair. And those four things, that's not a whole list uh, of things. Uh, There's a lot more toxic emotions that get in the way. And we just talked about that journey that empowers it as the Holy Spirit and, and habits And if you remember, the dog represents a dog because life is better with a dog. That's it. Now, uh, you might not know this. We have a person on our staff named Mackenzie. She's a college student down at Azusa Pacific University. She does all of our graphics. I think she saw this last week. Now, I admit, I admitted to you last week I did this myself. I'm not an art major, all right? Never, I didn't even pass kindergarten art, right? I think she looked at this and was like, oh, isn't that cute? Tell you what, why don't we pull that down and place that on the refrigerator with all the other third grade art. And uh, she came up with this one that might be a little bit, okay, it's a little bit better, slightly, right? But it's the same concept that there's this new life that God has for us and the obstacle that we have to get over, around, crush, and conquer is the obstacle of toxic emotions that hijack our lives and start developing bad habits in our lives. And the thing that empowers you is this, it's the Holy Spirit, and it's the, the new habits that you have in Christ. That it's not all up to God, and it's not all up to you, but we partner with God in seeing ourselves change. The big word in the Bible is called sanctification. It's where we become more like Christ. That's what the whole series is about. And every week, we're going to grab a little bit snippet of this and kind of a, a walk through. So this is where we're going today, and it's going to be found in Ephesians. This is where we started. Oh, by the way, we really threw Samson under the bus last week. You remember that? I mean, his life was a disaster. Even though in his disaster, like, God used him to accomplish some things. Now, I hope you're willing to admit that you have disaster moments too. Where fear, anxiety, despair, anger, maybe grab a hold on you. But see, the problem with us is there's not always a camera there to capture that moment. In 2006, uh, there is a baseball manager for the minor league, uh, I think it was the Braves, his name is Philip Wellman, and um, his life got hijacked by some toxic emotions because the calls didn't go his way. And I could try to describe it to you, but it's way more fun to watch what happened. Watch this.
Come on, you've all lost your mind at some point, haven't you? And maybe for like five seconds, you're like, what do you mean? But his rant goes on for like three to four minutes of just totally losing his mind. And at some point you might think like, maybe he's just playing up to the crowd. If you're gonna get thrown out, I might as well give him a good show on the way out. But here's the truth. Every single one of us, we, we sometimes just lose our minds. We, we're toxic emotions. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's anger, frustration, bitterness. Something builds in us and we just, we pop and we, we just lose our minds. And this is the concept that if we're supposed to be growing up to be more like Christ, we can get super hijacked by these toxic emotions and they make us do things and act certain ways and talk to people that if we had a camera focused in on our life and we, if we had to replay it and watch it back, we would be embarrassed. Maybe we're not total, totally Philip Wellman, but there's something standing in the way of you and I growing up to be more like Christ. Can we all just say amen? All right, then let's focus on how we're going to do this. Last week, we ended this, this verse right here. If you're Ephesians chapter four, verse one, we ended with this, and it was about our, our character and our calling matching. It says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. I urge you to live a life worthy. That means your character of this calling to this new life that you've received. Now, um, we know the things that stand in the way of that are these toxic things like anger, fear, anxiety, despair. But the series is about this. How do you conquer those things? Now, you might not know this, but when the Bible was first written, the New Testament, when it was written in the original Greek, you know there were no chapter divisions? You know that there were actually no verses broken down? You know when that happened? Like the 16th century, 1500 and something. All of a sudden they're breaking down. Here's why. This is so great. Because of the, this printing press and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you want a scripture? Previous to that, the pastors and the, and, the, and the priests just had the scriptures. You never had one as a common person. But now they're giving it out to everyone has access to these scriptures or a lot of people do. And they're like, well, hey, turn to Ephesians. And I'm somewhere around like the fourth paragraph. You'll find it. That doesn't work in preaching, Right. Like, hey, chapter three, verse 14. I tell you all that because of this. Chapter three and chapter four aren't separated. It's written as one long thing. So get this, 4-1, where it's about calling and character. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling. Right before that, Paul prays this prayer for the church that is beautiful and deep. And we're gonna dig into that today because it characterizes the new life in three ways. He says this, you have access to a brand new power. And if you want to grow in maturity, it's about this new love. And it's also about this new purpose. And he gives us a new habit. You got it? New power, new love, new purpose, and a new habit. This is where this comes from. Here's where we go. New life in Christ is this. Starting in verse 14, follow along your Bibles. And if you've got paper Bible, I'm going to tell you to underline some stuff, okay? So grab a pen. For this reason... I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell through your hearts through faith. Um, would you underline that word in verse 16? It's the word power. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with, with power. And then look at verse 17. It's all through faith. We'll come back to the through faith in just a minute. Here's what new life is. Number one, it is a new power through his presence. Now, Paul wants every Christian to know this, that in order to grow up to be a spiritually mature person, 
to experience this new life in Christ, you got to find this new power. You have to experience it. Where does that power live? What does he say? It lives in your inner being. If you're a follower of Christ, the power of God lives inside of you. I don't think we hear that enough because we believe this. I can't. I'm not able. And you know what? That's actually a true statement. You can't. You in and of yourself, by yourself, cannot grow up to be like Christ. But he's saying this, Paul's my praying. I want you to know this, that inside of you lives the Holy Spirit of God that will empower you to not just be a weak victim of your own emotional dysfunctions. By the way, how strong is the God who lives in you? Here's what he said. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you. I love that word, glorious riches, that little phrase. Um, here's, here's what I think it means. I think it means this, that if you're a Christian and God is your heavenly father, you just need to know this, that your, your daddy is filthy rich. Your, your daddy's filthy rich in power, which means this, you can't out-ask him. You, you, you can't ask him for too much. You can ask him for too little, but you can't ask him for too much. Think about this. He, he's saying, I mean, let's go back to this again. I pray that out of his glorious riches, your dad, who's filthy rich in power, he might strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being that lives inside of you so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Do you know this? That we have access to a power that can conquer anger, that can conquer fear, that can conquer anxiety and can conquer despair. Do you believe that? Because that's what Paul's praying. So God's power in us overcomes the grip of our toxic emotions. Uh, I want to say something. I want to make sure that this is really clear. I put this in your notes. um, And it goes like this. Our emotions are real, but they're not reality. Fear. Let's just grab that one. Or you grab anger. Whatever toxic emotion best suits your life, okay? It's real. You really feel it. That, um, that anxiety you have about going in and presenting to a group of people at work, that anxiety is real. But it's not reality. The reality is this, is that Christ in, lives in you to empower you, and he is, he's filthy rich with power. That's reality. So your emotions, I'm not saying that you should be like, I'm just going to ignore my emotions. No, pay attention to them. You know why? Because those toxic emotions, they're going to create a great victory story in your life. I was afraid. I was anxious. I was this. And me by myself, this is all I could do. And you were reminded of the truth that no, 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 no. He's powerful and he lives in you. So step forward in obedience and then tell your story about what God did with that. Right? Man, that deserved an amen. Our emotions are real, but they're not reality. So my question is, hey, have you asked him for power? Have you asked him, God, this is what I'm feeling right now, but would you empower me? And then you step forward to do the thing that you think is right, that God is calling you to. And you walk into that, that maybe it's a conversation. You don't know how it's going to turn out. You're not responsible for the results. You're responsible for the humility that you go in there with, the truth you tell and the love that you show. That's your part. 
but you're not responsible for how they receive that. So two parts of this. We need to believe that this power is real and accessible, and then we also need to ask for God's power. We got to ask for it. Have you? And then by the way, stay watchful to see what God does with it. In this new life that God is leading us to, it's not necessarily a destination where we arrive and go, look how mature I am. It's this journey, but it's a journey in understanding this power where we're not just victims of toxic emotions. You okay so far? New life, new power. Second point, Paul's about to pray for this. He's about to pray for new character through the love of Christ, new character through his love. Look at verse 17. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power. There's the word power again. Would you underline this next phrase? Together with all the Lord's holy people. I'll come to that in just a minute. Together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how high and long that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. Let me read that again. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep those four dimensions is the love of Christ. We don't want to live our lives in this emotional immaturity. So don't miss this. This is what he has for you. To not be dominated by fear, anxiety, anger, and despair. He says this. He gives us two parts of this new life. The second part is all about this. It's experiencing his love. Now, don't miss this. It's interesting because he already says, you're rooted and established in love. And I think what that means is this. You're Christians. At some point, you understood that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so, so that you could have this, what? Eternal life, right? You know that God loves you, loved you enough to give Jesus's life for you on the cross. He's like, you've been rooted and established in it, but you didn't grow up in it. Think about this for a moment. Some of you stopped there as well. You're like, yeah, I, I became a Christian. I got baptized and like, I'm rooted and established in God's love. But somewhere along the journey, toxic emotions hijacked your life and you don't act or think or behave like Christ because you haven't fully understood, experienced the depth of his love for you. He says it this way, that you may have power together with all the Lord's people. You know how you experience the love of Christ? I think love is better grasped together than in isolation. Say it this way. In all of your brokenness, when you become the Phil Wellman of the church (laughs) and you act in such a way, it's embarrassing to have someone's hand come on your shoulder, not to shame you, but to say, I love you. You're my brother in Christ. You're my sister in Christ. And yeah, that wasn't your best moment, but we're not going to let you go. I'm here to encourage you that, you know what? There's a power that lives in you that is greater than that. And you don't have to be hijacked by that to know that kind of love and community. See, the church does really awesome when people are acting well, right? We're like, oh yeah, come to our community group and it's great. But when all of a sudden you get to know the person and there's brokenness there, you're like, they're broken. Like, oh, time out. Look in the mirror, baby. Mm, You broken too. 
this is the church at their finest moment. We're together with all the saints. You can exemplify the deep love of God so that they feel it. They don't know it here. They know it here. To grasp this, experiencing God's love for us, I believe it conquers our irrational emotions and sets us free to love people. Um, Sometimes we struggle to love people. The concept is is to have a a hard back and a soft front, right? Like water off a duck's back, right? Um, You're not offended easily. You you can take a lot. But some of you have a hard back and a hard front too. You're like, "Mm, nope. I I don't love people easily. Why? Because I've been hurt in life. No, it's to have a strong back, but to have a soft front so that you can love people. You want to see your life become radically more like Jesus, empowered to love people fearlessly without the insecurities that dominate us. It is about experiencing the deep love of Christ. And he's like, the height of it, the depth of it, the width of it, the length of it. Um, I think that God conquers our anxiety as we experience his deep love for us and the height of his power in us. I think God conquers our anger when we trust that his love and power, that that when we get angry, when we don't get what we want, because that's really when we get angry, right? When we don't get what we want, people should be doing the things that we think that they should be doing and they're not doing it. And if they would just follow our rules, life would be so much better and we get angry. I think it's conquered by trusting that his love and power, they live in us and trusting in his timing, maybe not our own. I think God conquers our despair by his love and power because we know that even in hard times, that listen, he's not done with us yet. God can change our circumstances, but let's say he doesn't change the medical report and it doesn't come out like we had hoped. And all of a sudden that sickness leads to death. And we're like, oh, I lost. And that's some people's greatest fear that we would die. But if you're a believer, death is a doorway to eternal pure bliss with God. So I'm not gonna fear. I know this right now. I have friends who are walking this path where death is knocking at their doorstep. I was on a call with a friend of mine just last month. He's like, if I go, I go. I'm concerned for my family. But he knows the deep love of Christ for him. There's days of anxiety and fear, but he knows this. It's a doorway to heaven. Do you see how the deep love of God can help us love people instead of being controlled by fear. I want to talk about these emotions for a moment. They are definitely real, but they are not reality. I think when we're having an emotional meltdown, go with me on this. Insecurity, we're freaking out. Can we pause for a moment and just ask this? How does God's power that lives in you, and how does God's love answer the problem that I'm having right now. Because it's not about knowing it here. It's about it actually having control of you. Look at what Paul writes here. He says, he says this, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. To know this love that's bigger than the knowledge that you can have. He's being deliberately paradoxical here. Do you know this love? that is actually bigger than you can actually know? Do do you know it? Do you get it? He's trying to say this. um, 
Number one, there is always more for you to know. You've been walking with Jesus. I'm looking out here. I see some of you. You're, we have a relationship. I've known you for 21 years. I've been here at this church for 21 years. You've been walking with Jesus for longer than that. Some of you, 60 years, you've been walking with Jesus. Do you know this, that you haven't even come close to understanding the entire dimensions of God's love. There is a depth that you have no clue about because you just haven't gone there yet. There's a height to it. You're never going to fully know it until you get to the other side. So let's just say this. There's not an actually perfectly mature person in this room, so we all have room to grow and have these new life-giving habits. The second is this. um, To know God what he's talking about here when he says this, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. To know God is not a mind thing. It's an experience thing. Um, I got to illustrate this for you because I could tell you didn't get it. Um, Take a look at this picture right here. Why are you laughing? This does really well for my soul right now, okay? What, What is this? Oh, stop it. Chocolate cake? Don't insult the cake. This is a cheesecake factory. Chocolate truffle tower. Uh Uh-huh. Don't don't just call it a chocolate cake, right? Have you gone to the cheesecake factory? And seen the amazing deliciousness and tasted the chocolate. Now, we could, we could sit here and we could look at this and be like, oh, that's amazing. You know it. But see, that ain't that much fun, is it? I'm like, let me tell you about the deep love of God. And you're like, mm, let me think about that. Mm, okay. Paul is saying this. No, you have to experience the deep love of God. I'm gonna need some help with this. Charlene, come here. Now, some of y'all don't know Charlene. Uh, Charlene's been on staff for a lot of years with us. She is my friend. I love her. Come up right, right here, right here, right. So good. But you see, she works behind the scenes a lot, right? She's in charge of all our outside events. Uh, she keeps our business office running. Um, but you'll probably never see her on stage like this, which means she hates this moment. But Charlene, I'm going to make this worth your while. This is going to be so good. See, one of the things that we have in common, uh, she's nodding right now because she's like, one eye on that, one eye on me. Uh, We both have a fond affection, not just for chocolate cake, but delectable things like the Cheesecake Factory Truffle Tower Cake. Like, And so sometimes I hear this knock at my door. And I have this, this window in my door. And when someone knocks on it and I can't see the face in the window, I'm like, oh, it's Charlene. <laughs> right? Right? And so I'll open that door and like, she's just sitting there. She got a little bag or something. She'd be like, here you go. She doesn't even, like, even tell me what's in it. I just know that there's sweetness in that bag. And there'll be times where I'll kind of come up to her office, but you're like way ahead of me. You're like two to one. Like you bring me way more stuff than I ever bring you. So, um, Maybe this will make up for that. Because we can look at that picture and be like, what do you think of that chocolate tower cake? Oh, let's talk about it. Blah, 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 blah. I went to the cheesecake factory last night. No, no, I kept it in the box. So it's like sealed and, and good. But like, and I put a fork in there too. 
That's pretty good, huh? It's looking good. Now, it looks better than that picture? Oh, so let, let me get So what you're telling me is the experience of this is going to be better than that. And you're just looking at it in person instead of on the screen. You haven't even had a bite yet. You already know. So, well, since you already know, then I can pack this up and like, <laughs> so what you're saying is I'm going to, I'm going to put this right in here, give that to you. And um, sorry, I only put one fork in there, Harlan. I apologize, but maybe you two can share. Um, and so seriously, for the rest of the service, you can dig in and eat and just enjoy that. And like, you don't even have to share. You share with Harlan. I love that man. He's one of our elders too. Um, but I hope the experience is enriching for you. Thank you. Hey, let's appreciate Charlene. And all that was with chocolate cake. I mean, the Cheesecake Factory Chocolate Chuffle Tower, right? That's all it was. But you get the point. You're like, oh, taste. That, that's why the Psalms say this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It doesn't say, read a book and think about it. He's like, no, taste it. So when toxic emotions come in and you're like, oh, if someone had a video camera. By the way, we all know when toxic emotions come in because we look around first to figure out who's watching. And we're like, oh, are there any video cameras? Before we lose our mind, taste and see power of God in your life. Taste and see his deep love for you so that you can love other people recklessly because it'll change you. It's going to not just get around that wall of toxic emotion. Jesus is going to walk you through and obliterate that wall and conquer it with you. Not because you're strong, not because you're powerful, but because he lives in you and he wants you to experience his power and experience his deep love for you. I hope you get the fact that the obstacles of that wall, they actually lead to really bad habits. And sometimes that wall is there because how we've been loved by people. You ever gone to church and be offended the fact that no one talked to you or that someone was rude to you or a Christian you knew pushed you aside, disrespected you, and all of a sudden the wall came up. Oh, I'm not going to do this. And that's a toxic emotion, a toxic response to a bad experience, but then it led to bad habits on your part. God wants to conquer that so that you're a people of power who give away love freely because we live in a world that needs to know the love of Christ and that's what will change them. Are you with me? We got to wrap this up. Um, the new purpose for God's glory. So there's this new power, there's this new love, and then there's this new purpose. And what I'm about to read, it's the end of Paul's prayer. And it sounds like you would just skip it and you're like, oh, it just sounds like some, some Christian words to like end his prayer. It's not. Listen to this. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Uh, underline immeasurably more. According to his power that is at work within us. And here it is. To him be glory in the church. Underline glory. Glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And listen, it sounds like this like just spiritual wrap up, but it's not. Here's what it is. It's the shifting of the focus of your life. It's the shifting of the focus of your life from your glory to God's glory. You don't have to be taught to live for your glory and your goodness. We're all born that way. 
I'm going to do the thing that benefits me, right? You're going to do what benefits you. But when you become a believer, he's like this, a new power lives in you, a new love lives in you that you get to experience. And now you have a brand new purpose in life. It's to bring glory to God in the church. We're, we're going to make him known. We're going to reveal him to other people. We're going to live for his credit and his glory and not our own. That is the greatest maturity of the Christian life. We reorient our lives around bringing him glory. That's the new purpose. And remember the immeasurably more part? I love this. It's the second part of time that this showed up. You cannot ask him for too much, but you can ask him for too little. What are you asking him for? Listen to your prayers that you pray today, tomorrow. Are you actually asking for something this big when he's like, I, there's so much more? You can't out-ask him, but you certainly can ask him for too little. And I would say this again, I've said it before, then be watchful at what did he, he does through you and in you. What does it say in verse 20? To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, and then ask him this, ask him to grow you. If we can't ask for too much, then just ask. God, grow me. God, change me. God, release me from, release me from these things that are controlling me that are, that are toxic. And then I want you to do this. Once you ask him, run it through the grid of this. Is your request there to give him glory or are you just asking for your own safety, comfort, and glory? Are your prayers about his glory? Or is it about your safety, your comfort, and your glory. This series is about life-giving habits, right? There's this new power, there's this new love, and there's this new purpose. And Paul wraps it all up in the context of a prayer, right? So maybe the new habit is this. It's not new to some of you, but we need to re-engage it. It's prayer. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. Could, could you see him writing that? Can you imagine if Paul's like just writing, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. And he's like, yeah, new power, new love, new purpose. Can you imagine if he wrote that and he never actually got on his knees? <laughs> How bad would that be? What I envision is this Paul who knew the power of Christ, who knew how deep how deep it rescued him, that the love of Christ. He was a murderous person and God changed his life. Paul got on his knees and he prayed, God, the same power and love that I know for your glory. I pray this for the Ephesian church that they might know the power, the love and the purpose. Are you willing to bend your knee and, and say, you know, what? I got these bad habits because of these toxic emotions, but I'm going to replace the bad habits with this new good habit. And it's this, I'm going to get on my knees and ask God. God, would you empower me? You live in me. This power lives inside me. I'm going to believe in Christ. So here's what it is. Do you remember in that, in that tech, in that uh, earlier on, I had you underline the words through faith. Where does all this come from? It's through faith. Faith means this. It's belief and it's trust. I'm going to invite you to do this this week. The habit is prayer and the practice is faith. And it means this. It means God, I'm going to bow my knee to you. I'm going to bow my life to you. And by faith, that means I'm going to trust. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to believe it. Instead of the toxic emotions, but God, I'm afraid, but God this, but God that. Wham, 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 stop it. I'm going to declare right now. God, I believe that you live in me. 
God, I believe that you're empowering me. God, I believe that you love me and I want to know the deep love of God in a brand new way. Your power, your love. I'm going to declare that, that God, it's true. God, I'm going to declare this. I'm going to live for your purpose. So show me when I'm getting selfish about my purpose and I want to live for your purpose. Pray it into your life. By faith, believe that he's going to do something. Then he's going to show up and show off. Would you do that this week? That's a life-giving habit. And it's going to conquer those emotions that are leading us down a toxic road. And it's going to mature you and bring you to a new life in Christ where you're going to stay watchful for his new power. And how it's going to change you and empower you to love other people. And it's going to empower you to focus on giving God glory and not bringing glory to yourself. Are you willing to live that way and try it this week? Let's do it. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for how good you are to us and how generous you are. And Lord, when, when the scriptures, the Psalms say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't even just slightly taste it this week, that we would feast on it. <laughs> Lord, for those, um, for those who are in this room and they're thinking, yeah, but pastor, you don't understand where I've been, what's happened to me. Lord, I pray that you bring conviction on their life right now that they don't know you. The power and the love that you have. And I, I, I don't say that in a shaming way. God, I, I really pray that they would have hope rise in them that you're bigger than their obstacles. And you want to lead them to this new life in you. God, I pray that hope rises all over the room today. We might walk with you. That you might change us that you're not done with us yet. And if you want that today, would you just do this? I want you to raise your hand just right now. I got to take some steps in new life. You've got some toxic things in. Just do this. Raise your hand. I see you. Yes. Okay. Lord, I pray for those with hands raised. They know they want this. Lord, not under their own power, but under yours with these new habits. I pray you'd bless them and free them. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.